All right. Well, good morning. Go ahead and make your way back to your seats. So thankful that you guys are here to worship together this morning, the God who is worthy of worship. And, uh, and so we're, we're so delighted in, uh, in you being here. My name's Travis, the lead pastor. God is, is doing among us and how we have the opportunity week in and week out, day in and day out, moment by moment, uh, to come in uh, behind him. He is such a good and faithful leader. Uh, he is one who is trustworthy. And uh, I, I'm just, uh, this morning, I, I had this just, in, it's been in my mind and my prayer all morning is that uh, today we would lean into God, that we would lean into him, no, journey with God, uh, that this morning we would lean into him, kind of if you can picture like uh, you're kind of overhearing a conversation. Just kind of the ear turning a little bit and leaning in or, or you, you hear something on the TV and you're like, you get interested and you kind of are trying to lean around to see it. Just this leaning in towards the things of God and he, uh, in the exploratory phase where you're just like, what, what, is, what is God about? Who is he? What does he think about me? And my prayer for you this morning is that you would hear him declaring to you, saying to you that he loves you. Not just hearing me say it or hearing it in a song that we sing, but, but some of you would know that I, I am loved by God. No matter where I've come from, where I've been, that, that, that he loves me, that he wants me here. Some of you are a little further along in that journey, but maybe you've fallen down along the way or you're looking for a, a way to, to follow him. And I pray for you this morning that in this place you would find a, that is imperfect, that is in process, but that is hungry for the things of God. And then is looking for, for ways to follow him every day that we live. And uh, that in that you would be encouraged that there are people that, that want to run after God and, and, and recognize the need uh, in places of walking with the Lord for years. And in your maturity, what you have found is that you need more, that you know less than you ever did before, and that there's more of God for you to receive. And so for all of us today, I think there's an opportunity to, to lean in to the things of God. And in one of the ways that I want us to think about that is in thinking about the idea of paradigms that we all have and carry, right? We all have paradigms in life that are made up of our own experiences, of conversations that we've had, books that we've read, truth from the word of God, uh, truth from, from people that we trust, ideas and opinions from all around us. They, they begin to shape paradigms, ways that we uh, see the world and, and, and the way that we uh, believe things should work. And in all of those paradigms that we have in different facets and aspects of life, what we do as the people of God that want to lean into him is say, God, here are my paradigms. Here are my understandings. Here are the ways that I think. Um, and rather than just accepting those for uh, how continually bring those paradigms before him and say, God, would, would you shape these? Would you speak into the paradigms of my life uh, because I have a desire for my paradigm to align with your paradigm, the one who has created all things, the, the one who understands how the world works, how I work, the one who is motivated by love, uh, the one who understand God the way that you understand and so as we lean into him, and that's, that's my prayer, it's God, I just want to have wisdom and insight into the truth of your word. 
into who you are in a way that, that shapes the, the paradigms and the worldviews that, that I carry so that you might be honored and you might be, be glorified and I would live in this place of alignment. So that's what we're believing for this morning. And I actually just wanna take a moment to pray that, but I wanna give you the opportunity to, to pray it as well, to just say, God, yeah, here I am. I, I bring my paradigms, my thinking, my understandings to you, and, and I'm asking that you would shape them by your spirit, that you would shape them by the truth of your word, that, that I might leave this place today, flex uh, your understanding on the world around me. So God, we offer ourselves up to you again today. We bring to you our understandings. We bring to you our, our thoughts, our opinions, our worldview, and, and we submit it again to you. And we, we, we ask you, God, would you come and would you shape it? Would you bring greater clarity? We just invite you into that to, the, the, to, to shave off and, and, and file down the places that need to be filed down, to, to add to and make more robust areas that are, that are weak or lacking in our way of understanding your, your way in the world. And, uh, and so, Lord, we just offer ourselves again to you in that way, and we lean into you, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you are good and you are gracious. You are a faithful and trustworthy leader. So we come behind you today. And we, we, we do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, if you've been here at all this year, you've heard this little phrase that has been the word of the Lord that God's given us as a church and as a movement of churches called Antioch for, for 2024. And it's one family together on mission. In the month of January, we really honed in on this idea of being the covenantal family of God. And what is that, what is that, that of a family and uh, uh, this body of believers together united unto to, uh, his purposes? And so we just talked about what does that really mean? How can we reflect that idea of family? How can we embody that for, for the world around us to be uh, attracted to the, the, the head of that family, the, the father? And, and uh, what does it look like to have a culture of honor, to, to walk in humility? And then this month, the month of February, and really heading all the way up to our spring break mission trips, we're going to talk a little phrase, one family together on mission. In fact, uh, it, it is... Uh, it, is, it supplements the, the family notion because it is, we are not a complete family without the missional aspect. And so really it's just the, the fullness of being a family is a, is a family on mission. It's why we've come together as followers of Jesus. We, we understand that there is a missional aspect to living um, because Jesus lived missionally. And everything he did was, was through, the, through the lens of mission. He said, my food is to do the will of God, the one who sent me. And so he was, where is he leading? What is on his heart? And that is what I want to be about. And so it is impossible to be a follower of Jesus without having a missional lifestyle because that is the way that he walked. And so if we're literally gonna follow him in his footsteps, that's the way we walk as well. It's not a, an, an add-on to the, the, the menu of the Christian life. It is, it is the elemental to the, that I wanna encourage, continue to encourage you to, uh, to engage with is our kind of missional, missional uh, prayer wall where we are having 
you guys grab a, a sticker of different colors, uh, one representing your home, where you live, one representing where you work, one representing uh, where you go to school, if you're in school. And we are just placing up, those up on this map uh, on the wall. And it's a picture for us. And it's a, where God has placed us throughout our city uh, to be an influence for him. Uh, to, to live missionally. And we, as, we, as more and more people are beginning to put those stickers up there, what we're seeing is that there's more and more coverage on, on the map. And, and we are but one church that God has established in this city. And so we begin to see visually uh, the idea in the heart of God that if my people who, uh, who, I've, who I've called by name will will live out a missional lifestyle where I've planted them, where they live, that there will be great impact for the kingdom of God. And so if you've not interacted with that wall by putting your sticker up, praying, praying as you walk by, let it be a reminder for you that you're praying for your neighborhood, praying for your workplace, I would encourage you to do that. Grab the kids and the family and pull them in. Get your, get your sticker up on the wall. Grab one of the cards that are there. Uh, you'll find on that card a few just practical ways to engage. So find on, on that that card, uh, the include me prayer. Uh, you probably don't need it listed out. It's really easy. It's just, God, would you include me in what you're doing today? And so it's not like, okay, I got to figure out a way to, to, to evangelize or to uh, do this with my neighbor or to make sure I do. It's, it kind of takes that out of it. And it's just this prayer, God, you, you're working. Would you include me in what you're doing? Would you include me in, in what you're doing today in the lives of those around me? And so uh, with teaching pad for us. So 2 Timothy 2 uh, is, a, is a passage of scripture. Uh, verses one through, one through five is really, one through four is what we tackled a couple of weeks ago. It, it's been an overarching uh, verse that's kind of been a, a theme for us heading into this year with one family together on mission. And uh, we unpacked it a little more broadly a couple of weeks ago, but I wanna repeat verse, let me just read 2 Timothy 2 verses three and four. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And so we'll be reading this out. You'll be becoming very familiar with this passage of scripture over these next few weeks because we really do, as I said, feel as though it's a launching pad for us. It's a way of thinking and understanding as Paul, who is writing in the Lord, someone he's discipling, and this is what he's saying. I'm inviting you to join with me in this journey as a good soldier. So you're gonna be training. It's not an easy road, but no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, uh, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And so the, the question that we keep uh, asking ourselves and that this, this passage of scripture so poignantly poses for us is, am I entangled or in what ways am I entangled in civilian affairs? And that question is not just for a few. It's not gonna be like in this room, there's gonna be like some that are like, oh, I'm entangled and some that are like, oh, I'm not, I'm good. We, we all have places, there's a process that I believe God is leading us through to begin understanding and, and seeing a little more clearly what are the ways that I've become entangled? What are the ways uh, that I, I, I'm thinking uh, uh, as the world thinks rather than letting, being led by the spirit of God? And so we're just allowing our hearts to be, to be brought before the Lord in a soft way and saying, God, I don't want to be entangled, 
but rather I want to live for the, the pleasure of the commanding officer. In that first week, we talked about the pleasure of the king. When, when, you're, when you're serving in a monarchy, it's like you're, you're serving at the pleasure of the king. I'm in the, uh, you know, his majesty's royal navy. Like that, that's, that's the identity that comes with it. And there's a pleasure at serving the king. And so we, we, uh, that was our, we find in verse six is that to please God, uh, it requires faith. That's the way that we please God is it, it's by faith faith and so we're looking for opportunities to express faith every day God how can I express faith today I'm not looking for a way to just kind of be comfortable or to sit back or to go through my routine I'm waking up and I'm saying God would you live because I want to live for the pleasure of the king all right this is a lot of recap but but I think it's important we're, we're building here um, and, and because as we then got to 2 Corinthians 6 last week what I wanted us to grasp more than anything, what I, what I wanted us to walk out of here all saying is I have a ministry in, in Christ. He has given me a ministry. And, and we looked at this, uh, the beginning of 2 Corinthians 6, a verse that really is right in alignment with that include me prayer as we recognize God's already working. He is working in your, your coworker. He, he is working in the, the family that's experiencing uh, dysfunction. He is not un unaware. He is not uncaring about their situations, uh, but he is working in their lives and he's looking for coworkers who will join in. Who, who will pray? Who will give in that regard? He goes on in that, uh, in verse one of 2 Corinthians and he says, don't take, don't, don't receive the grace of God in vain. And this was an, an important concept, I think, for us, that, that there is a grace that God gives to do the ministry that he's called us to do. In the first letter to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul himself says, I did not receive the grace of God in vain, yet I labor more so than all of you. Yet not I, but the grace of the ministry of God, to the, the, the labor that he calls us to. And so there is an empowerment of grace for you to do the ministry that God has called you to. But last week, it was so important for us to own that because there's, there's no point in going on if we don't say, okay, I've got a, I've got a ministry that God's called me to. And, and, and that's gonna be different. It's gonna look a little different for every single person in this room. There's gonna be different ways that you're gifted. There's gonna be different places of influence that God gives you. There's gonna be different passions that you carry. There are different ways. And God was very intentional about all of that in the way that he made you and in the places that he's placed you for his glory. And so we don't need a second guess like, well, they can do that. I can't do that. Well, they're extroverted. Of course, they're gonna talk to everybody on the planet. I don't even like talking to my mom that much. Like, you know, like I, I you know, but we don't, we don't compare ourselves in that way we say okay God has made me the way that he's made me and that's with purpose and great intention and so I want to own that ministry and say God just use me today and, and and let me express faith today in the way that that looks like in my life not in my neighbor my the person sitting next to me at church this morning life not anybody else's life but my life and if we'll all take that up, then we trust God has perfectly orchestrated all the gifts and all the personalities and everything he needs within the body of Christ properly. We are, but we've got to own the fact that I, each one of us, we have 
a ministry that God's given us and, and that we, we take that very seriously. And, and so verse two moved into kind of this urgency, like today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you cry out and I answer. And then we move in to verse three, okay? And this is what verse three says. We take this ministry and there's an urgency to it and we give no cause for offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. And so now that we have this ownership of, okay, God's given me a ministry and we begin to think about what does that look like? And Paul's had this big buildup actually all the way back from 2 Corinthians 5, which we talk counting men's sins against them, but he's made a way for them to be reconciled back to God, for them to know God and to, to, to walk with him. And, and he's actually called you to be ministers of reconciliation, to be ambassadors for him, to implore the world around you to be reconciled to God. And so he's building this, this case in a ministry. And then, then it's almost like you, you would expect like, okay, and so, so you, you need to go and evangelize in this way so that people can hear the gospel. You need to go and you need to speak truth. You need to be a teach, teacher of truth. Subjective. Uh, you need to go out and demonstrate mercy and advocate for those who are less fortunate, those kinds of things. And, and all of those things are right and good, but that's not where he goes because there's no point in going there yet unless you get this. And that is that we must live a life that gives no cause for offense in anything so that the ministry that we've been given will not be discredited. Because you can go on and do your ministry and you can do the thing like I'm gonna teach or I'm gonna preach or I'm gonna advocate and I'm gonna do this. But if we have not learned to live a life that does not give offense in anything, then the, the ministry will be discredited. That it, it, there, there will not be potency in the ministry that God's given you. The voice that, that you, that you want to have for the glory of God will be diminished if there is not a life that re reflects the character and nature of God, that we would give no offense in that ministry. And so th this gets pretty serious pretty quick. So I hope you is that that ministry begins to cause us to think and act in a very particular way. It's, got, it, it, it's a ministry that's in our mind all of the time. It, it's not a, a ministry that kind of comes and goes or that's Monday to Friday, nine to five or whatever else. It's, it's kind of a, a continual ministry that, that Paul is continually thinking about. How is the way that I'm living affecting the ministry that God's given me? And, and here, here's the thing, it, it's, it's not, it's really just, it's, it's following Jesus. So mind is that from the very beginning when, when man and woman rebelled against God, that, that, that sin was ushered into the world by their choices and there was brokenness in relationship with God, that, that God for the rest of the, the, the Bible is, he, he is working out a plan of salvation so that a way could be made for, for reconciliation and restoration. And so what Paul is actually saying is, this is the ministry that we've all been given. This is at the very center of the heart of God is that man would be reconciled back to him.
And so our ministry is coming into it. And it's not, it's not a I, I have to or I should or I, I, I wish I could. It's just we're so um, overwhelmed. We're so desiring to live for the pleasure of the king because of all that he's done for us that it becomes a way that we live, a way that we think. And so for Paul, it's like, man, I, I, I think about everything that I do in every way that I respond so that the ministry the, the, of, of God's love being made known will not be discredited. I don't want to discredit the love of God. I, I don't want to discredit this message of reconciliation by the way that I live or treat other people. And so it's, it's very, very central all have. So, so he's saying, I give no cause for offense. I give uh, other ways that can be translated as no occasion for stumbling. I put no obstacle in, in a person's way. Uh, the, the only place we really see this, a, a similarity in the, in the Bible, and this kind of language is actually in the Old Testament, so it's a little different of an understanding, but it's in Proverbs 16, 18, and it's talking about yourself, where a haughty spirit uh, becomes a phrase. That's a, a, a pride comes before the fall is the only other place you see this this uh, this kind of language being used and and it's this this hot it's it's haughtiness, it's pride that becomes a stumbling block to you. And so in this way, it's like it, what it's saying is don't become a stumbling block for others to receive the grace of God. And so it makes us begin thinking about what what does my life look like? Is is there am, am I giving cause for and to discredit? Rather, what it says in verse four is that we are to commend ourselves as servants of God. That we are to commend ourselves as, as servants of God. This word commend, we're gonna be doing a lot of looking at words. We're about to go through a whole list of them here uh, to, uh, to understand. And so when he's, com- he's saying what you ought to be about is commending yourself as a servant of God. When we think about commending, what, what we're talking about is we want to live a life that's dimming. This word in the Greek is to place together, to bring together. Uh, the, the understanding is the two are one. And so when people see my life, they see servant of God. That's what I want them to see. That's what I want to be proved out in the, in the way that I live. And, and it's not like there's Travis and there's servants of God. There's, Travis is a servant of God. It's the picture for worker. You are the picture of a servant of God. You're, you're commending yourself and the way that you live uh, is reflective of, of one who the, the world would say, they're, they're a servant of God. And you're commended unto that and that there's an attractiveness to that for, for the world around us. And so, in, in, so what we see here and what I want us to feel the gravity of is the, 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 the weightiness of, of the way Paul sees how we live and our understanding of, of why, why we live, what our lives are about. And do we take that into consideration um, every day? Is it at the forefront? You know, there's a few things that we could do that, that are a little challenging in nature, right? Um, when, when we start to think about this, okay, how do I get there? And, and when I read this, it's actually very similar to the 2 Timothy 2 passage. Uh, 
It, it's very similar in my mind to getting entangled uh, with civilian affairs rather than living for the king. And am, am I living a, a life uh, that is not detracting from the, the, the message of reconciliation? You know, it's, it's like there's, there's kind of a one in the same thing am I, in the way that I'm living. And so uh, to, to go there, uh, there are a few ways that we can do it. We, one is obviously going to God. Just like we did, just like we, we do in response times in here, uh, just like we'll do this morning in response time. God, is there, is there anything in me that, would cause, that is causing offense uh, and causing the ministry that you've given me to be discredited? And we lower ourselves before God. And we don't assume that we're an we're example of, of, a, of a servant of God, but we just say, God, I, we humble ourselves. Say, would you work in me? And would you work out of me the things that ought not to be? And, and we ask God to speak in to any blind spots that we might have. He's also put uh, uh, rearview mirrors and kids so that when you have those blind spots that you can't see, that you can ask them. Now, that's a little, little dangerous, it's a little vulnerable, right, to say, hey, are, are there ways that y- you could see in my, that I've become entangled in civilian affairs? Are there, are there ways that you would say, man, that when those attitudes or th- this, this thing or that, that would, would be something that would be a stumbling block for others or cause a place of offense in others in the way that in my, my attitudes, my words, my language, what, what are those? And asking uh, people to speak into those, right? Asking your, your spouse to speak into that. Get good time with Jesus before you ask, but, but then ask and, and be ready to, to receive. Um, teenagers, ask your parents, right? Is there any, what do you see in me? Like that's not the natural, you know, when the world looks at teenagers, that's not what they would say, that they're coming to their parents and saying, hey, what do you see in me in places of growth? Clarity here, parents, ask your teenagers what they see in you, right? Like what, what, how, how am I living that out? And what are you seeing in my life? Um, but if, if we're going to get serious about it, there are ways to get serious about it. Um, it's, it's, it's serious to spend time with God in his word because this is the plumb line. This is the thing that we, is, 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 a, is the thing that brings conviction because there's truth. And so when we're reading it and we're asking the Holy Spirit to use the word of God to be instructive and to be convicting where it's like, oh, where they, they had lost the book of the law and they hadn't, they hadn't been aware of what it said and the truth there. And, um, and then they would find it and it would be read and the people would begin weeping and like, oh my goodness, we, we didn't know. Our lives are not matching up with the truth of God's word. And so uh, uh, we must be a people of the word of God. And I'm not talking about just on Sundays for the two verses that we cover. I'm talking about uh, morning by morning, getting in the word of God and, and, and uh, studying it and uh, meditating on it and uh, allowing it to, to be a, a foundation for you and allowing it to be a place of conviction for you. Uh, and uh, uh, taking, we respond to God in those ways and there is power there is impact in the world around us and there, there are ministries all across this room that are gonna explode with fruitfulness for the glory of God. Not just our, our church filling up with seats, not just you know, people attending concerts or this and that, no, just the fruitfulness of your ministry and, and people responding to the gospel, people being helped, marriages being restored, uh, people being encouraged all. And so we, we wanna move into that place of commending ourselves as servants of God, giving no cause for, for offense so that the ministry that God has given us will not be discredited.
Now, the, then following several verses, uh, really we're going to break them down into two. One I'm going to cover this week, one we're going we're gonna to visit next week. And especially for uh, the, the existence that we have and the comforts that we have in, in, the, in the Western church. And so uh, I want us to continue reading here together as, as, as we remember that Paul is building here. He's building on the ministry that God's given us and how we live it out. And we're still not getting to the place of like evangelism and teaching and this and that. It's uh, Listen, before I get there, actually, we will get to um, some things here in the church. We're going to be doing some things probably on, on Sunday mornings. We're going to have some other outlets where we're talking about some of the things that people would consider political issues. And what I would always say were biblical issues first. There are things that the Bible addresses. And, and so we're going to talk about things like justice and life and equality and sexual things. We want to come into alignment. We're talking about paradigms and worldviews. We want to understand what his, his truth on these matters it is important. The church is a pillar and support of truth in this world. That's what we're called to be. But if we don't get these things, everything we say is discredited. Every, every pillar is going to crumble. If, if we do not love, if we, if we do not live a lifestyle that does not give offense, if we are not motivated first and foremost, not by the truth and this and that, because listen, if your goal is for the world, the, the lost world around us to come into alignment with the truth of God, you're going to be bitter and upset and frustrated your entire life because that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen outside of them coming into the, uh, a personal understanding with the love of God and being transformed. And then understanding comes with like, oh, he is good. Everything he says is for my good. And then the, you come into the alignment of truth. That understand that this, this 2 Corinthians 6, that this is where we're going. And, and, and th this is the way of God, that if they can come and know my love, if they can know reconciliation, then the alignment of truth. I mean, we're still working on the alignment of truth, right? And, and, and walk, I've been walking truth in every area of my life. And, and it's all a desire of mine because I am aware of his love and his goodness. And that's my motivation. And so, and so we, we've got to get this first and we've got to take it seriously, even to the point of suffering. And, and Paul is building this, this argument here and this is where he goes, that we would own this conviction so much that we would live without offense, that we would commend ourselves as servants of God as it goes on in verse four, in much stresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness and in hunger. There's, there's a certain level of ownership that comes. There's a certain level of, of gravity that, that I think God wants to put on us. Um, and this is the way God al always works. He, 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 the call of Jesus and, and the, the, the struggles will always be up front with us. The, the, call, the call to discipleship is not an easy one. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will actually lose, lose his life. Um, and and you, you get these pictures of discipleship not, not being this easy thing, but Jesus is always up front. 
Very different than Satan, who, who lures and entices and, and kind of says, oh, this is what, and it's gonna feel good and it's gonna be incredible. And then all of a sudden you're enslaved and you're addicted and you can't get out and you're wondering how you ever got there. Jesus just said, hey, it's not gonna be easy, but it will be fulfilling. There will be nothing will always be with you. And so we, we understand that. And, um, and we understand though that there, from the beginning that there's a gravity to it. Uh, in, in the aftermath of 9-11, there were different stories that came out of different special ops teams that were going in and, uh, and trying to combat uh, uh, some of the, the evil that was um, initiating these attacks and these different things. And so one of the stories that came out uh, was a guy with a call sign, Johnny Bravo. And uh, he was a, a pilot and, and he died on a special ops mission to, to give uh, cover, ground cover to a, a, a troop of 22 special ops forces where they were going in uh, assignment to, uh, to a, acquire a, a, a high value target, right? And so they had this person and they were bringing them um, uh, in and they were heading to a safe house. They were in Afghanistan, in the mountains of Afghanistan and uh, the, it was a, a, a completely dark in the sky and so it was pitch black darkness going through this remote mountainous region and uh, um, and uh, Johnny Bravo was flying up above them and uh, not in like a fast fighter uh, pilot, but just in a, a, in a more, a slower, heavier artillery uh, kind of plane. And, and uh, there was very little contact between him and the person on the ground. Usually there's a, a line of sight, but of course in the night and, and through a layer of clouds, there was no line of sight. And, uh, and he could tell in their voices in the limited rate, they could tell, they were saying that we feel like they're, we're being watched that they're, uh, as they're coming through this canyon. And, uh, and it, uh, the story goes that Johnny Bravo is deciding what he, what he needs to do because he knows there's mountainous terrain below. He cannot see it. His instrumentation is not sufficient to tell him right where the, the mountains are and everything else. There's a, where he is, there's a, he's actually, there's a, a bright moon and stars in the sky kind of glowing on the tops of these clouds and he's kind of sitting up and, and yet he feels like I need to, I need to go dip, dip down and check at, at great danger to himself, not knowing exactly what he's gonna find when he comes under there. Well, as he makes this decision, he's moving down through the clouds. The, the special forces on the ground actually say uh, we're, it, we're in contact. We've been contacted, which is, means that they're, they've come under enemy run, which is a great name, right? Wow, I've mean, gone through the clouds um, and he finds himself a thousand feet off the ground in this canyon uh, and is, is having, and is the, the, the tracers lighting up the sky of the, both sides of the mountain on these, these troops. And so uh, he, he has to, to make a very daring decision to begin flying back and forth through this canyon. Uh, it was, he was said that the, his, his instruments were not uh, sophisticated enough to tell him exactly where he was and to turn. And so he had to kind of manually calculate that he had to go one direction before doing a turn and going back the, on the enemy. And, uh, and that night he was able to save all 22 lives. He had to even go back up and get his wingman and like the most harrowing part of it where he said, just stay on, on my wing and I'll fly. So it was just this, there was the, there's the 
the, this call to action. There was this, uh, this decision where I, I cannot remain in the, of where I am. I, I've got to dip into the unknown and I don't know what it's gonna look like. And I don't know if I have, uh, but there, there was a call. There was an understanding um, down on the ground, but he had the opportunity to meet them later as they, just, as they thanked him uh, for, for safe lives, for uh, at risk to himself coming in. And there, there's just idea of, of mission critical. What in my life is mission critical and what are the areas that I need to be trained and what are the ways that I need to think and how am I responding even when, when it's hard to respond uh, where I, I decide to move into action where there's the conviction again moving down actually before the call because there was like, he could tell they were nervous. He wanted them to at least see that he's not finding out that they were under heavy fire. And, and so just are we willing to ourselves moving out of places of comfort where we're in a beautiful place and the stars are out and the moon, but down, down below there is firefight and there, there is me uh, that is out to steal, to kill and to destroy. Are the plans and purposes of God uh, that he longs to be put on display by those who will choose to, to co-labor with him. And, and, and he's looking for those who will say, I, I, wanna take, I, want, I wanna take the ministry that he's given me that seriously. Where, where I understand that there are mission critical aspects to my life and the way that I, we want to live those things out, though it might require, as it says here, endurance, a patience, a steadfastness. The, the word is used in the New Testament. It's characteristic of one who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Of, of endurance. It says that we are to commend ourselves and to live this life and to live mission critical through afflictions, through sufferings, through anguish, through persecution. When you look up this word, what you'll find that it literally means is a pressing. And, and so a lot of the, the, this language this morning that we're just going to quickly run through is, is almost physical in nature where we feel it. it the, the, this list that we're going to run through is things that, that you don't really get to decide. Next week will be more like actions that we must take. This is a, a willingness to step into something and, and Timothy is a good soldier of Christ. And so you step into this place and you could have stayed up above the clouds and it would have been a lot easier, but you decided to step in and all of a sudden there is a pressing and, and there's persecution. And, and it's like, oh, this is not comfortable. I'm being pressed on every step into the affliction. You're willing to step into the hardships. This word also could be translated necessities or privations, ways that you've been pro, uh, uh, not provided, feeling like you've been deprived. Um, it is specifically or, or, or more uh, um so again, you've chosen in, in this way a circumstance and now you're, you're being imposed upon. There's an imposition due to circumstance. And so Paul is saying it's, this, is the, this is the choices that you make to, to make the mission of God, mission, literal calamities. Uh, again, uh, literally it's narrowness of place or a narrow space similar to the pressing where you've chosen to go into a, a narrow place in the way that you live, in the way that you think, in, in, um, 
in the choices that you, that you make every day. And then he goes on in beatings. This is literally beatings, like where, where it can be translated stripes or woundings, uh, in imprisonments, literally put in jail, in tumults, which is uh, not a word we use every day, but riots, commotions, when there's, inst- when there's a state of disorder, con- confusion, um, it, it's, you know, James uses this same word where there is envy and strife, there is confusion of a work. It's that same word of conf- So when there's, there's fusing and there's strife and, um, and it, it feels like there's an instability in the world, but we're, we're choosing to engage in that and be in the middle of it uh, as, a, as a servant of God. Work. It, there's, there's intense labor but we're, we're willing to, we're not looking for the easy way out. We're not looking for, for comfort. We're, we're willing to go uh, uh, and do hard work. There, there's sleeplessness. Uh, there's a, there, I, I understand that there is a, a war that we're in. And so there's a, a wakefulness and a watchfulness. And sometimes there's a givenness that not saying what you might or what you could. He's like, this is just what we have experienced. This is what we've experienced as we've taken the ministry that God's given us uh, seriously. And the last one there he says is, is hunger, um, which can also be translated fasting. In this case, is probably involuntary fasting, but it's just even in, in hunger uh, that we, we see the mission is that critical in the way that we live. This is a little harder for us to, to wrap our minds around. Because, because most of us haven't experienced much, much of this because it's easy for us to escape it. And, and that's one of the real dangers. And, uh, and I was even talking to guys that have served on the mission field last week uh, that, that have moved back here. And it's like, there, there's, a, there's a difficulty in living here because there's so many opportunities to just get comfortable, to stay above the clouds. You know, it's like when, when we went over there to serve, we knew the call of God. We knew what our objective was. We knew what the enemy was doing and how we were combating against that every day. And we woke up with that purpose and how we wanted to live and how we wanted to come against it. Here, it's, it's a lot easier to just like, oh yeah, what, what was the mission? You know, ice cream, what, like just like, like that's the things that are on our mind, you know? And it's like, it's easy to get comfortable. Now I've just lost you to the, the lunch tacos, but, but the... <laughs> But it's easy, right? And we, we see that. And so how do we, how do we engage in this, in this more particular way? Because we, we live in this nation where freedoms that we have. I'm thankful uh, for, for the uh, ability that we have to, to vote in a democracy. I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for freedom of speech and the different things that we can often take for granted as, as residents of, of this nation. But I also know that there's a lot of those, but at the same time are not biblical rights, God never, God never promised us that we would always be free and have, have liberty uh, in, in, our, in, in our physically. He never promised us that we were going to live in a nation that gave us the freedom to express our worship openly. Now, we, we know that we have brothers and sisters all over the world that don't experience that. We, we know that that's not what the early church, uh, it's not a right that we have. Those are actually rights that we, we relinquish. And those are rights that, yes, when, when I go and I vote, I will vote according to, to biblical truths and things that I believe in and things that I'm thankful for. But those are not the things that, are, that I want you to engage and fight for this, right? And, and again, it's not, it's not wrong to want those things or to believe for those things, but we have things 
in our nation, um, even just like the, the American dream, this concept that, uh, that, that fundamentally the, the pillars of the United States uh, for our suit of happiness, it's, it's a constitutional right for, for all people, right? And uh, it's this flourishing presence of, of material and societal and social opportunities. And, and again, we're, we're thankful for many of those things, but they can also be a trapping for us that, that we tried right and good, but, but, but they're not the, the biblical antidote to, to, um, to despair, to hopelessness. Uh, to, it's not living in a nation with religious freedoms. It's an encounter with the living God and the person of Jesus that, that brings life, that, that speaks life into it. And, and, and of course, I think that's what's kept our nation from, from crumbling is the, the fact that m- much of it was founded on some of these truths and values. And the struggle that we have now is that many people, uh, we, we're living in the benefits of those from the past, but not living them out currently. And that's the role of the church, right? To be the pillar and support of truth. And, and yet what we have to understand is that for sound to God, because this is what, what God's all, always been fighting for. He's always been devising ways and, and, and pursuing people uh, so, that, so that they could be reconciled back to him. He's winning them over by his love, uh, not, not first and foremost by his, his truth. He, he comes to them with love and then he shows them the way to walk. He gives them understanding because his truth is not just an arbitrary truth. It, it, his truth is society to be built upon and establish health and, and, and life and stability. And, and yet it starts with the individual coming to know him and then walking out the practicals and practices of that truth. And, and so we just read about it. But we see through the sufferings of believers all through the scriptures and as God addresses it in his word that as we, as we go through suffering, we also experience an abundance of his presence. We find that we actually have everything that we need and we don't need the surpluses. There's a refinement of character. There is a peace that we, we're following him. and He is with us. There is a clarity of value, the things that we are, we're living for that come when we engage in mission in this way. It seems like God's giving us a little bit of a redo. I don't know, this year to me seems a little bit like a, a, a redo. And I, I mentioned that a little bit maybe last week. After reconciliation, to go after restoration, the things that God had been after from the beginning. And saying, God, how do we partner with you? Give us your wise instruction. Would you reveal to us this morning any ways that we have allowed ourselves to become entangled in civilian affairs? And that we would be so given to the purposes in your heart. So aware of the ministry that you've given us. So so, uh, longing to to live in tension under the grace that you've provided. That there would be a a mission critical mindset as as we leave this place. Anything in us that would give cause for offense, that would serve as a stumbling block thus discrediting 
the ministry that you have given us. Lord, let it not be in my life, not be in our lives, God. That this world might be reconciled to you. It has been your heart from the beginning. Let me not discredit the reconciliation of God, the love of God. But Lord, rather show us how to commend ourselves as servants of God every day that we live. In each and every interaction, would you be, we pray in Jesus. I invite you to stand with me and um, as we, as we respond today, we're just going to take the up to God. Our ministry team, you guys, ways, uh, the front area here is just open up for you to come and get on your knees and say, God, here I am. I offer myself to you, even me, if there's any ways that I, uh, I want it, would you set me free? Commend myself today to being a servant of yours. Let's not hesitate. Let's just respond in every way that God's leading us uh, this morning, uh, that walk with him uh, in a way that feel is, is mission critical uh, and is honoring and glorifying to Jesus.